mystery to me why Junius Foster agreed to this crazy idea in the first place. Lieutenant Foster has been managing the Cliff House for fifteen years, and damn profitably, too. What do you suppose possessed him to turn the place over to a Russian tea-leaf reader of all people? Apparently, Madame Karpova has some very influential admirers in San Francisco society, I replied, determined not to be pulled into another one of Robert's pointless arguments. I've never been to the Cliff House myself, but Madame Karpova evidently claims the place possesses a unique atmosphere conducive to ethereal vibrations. Good Lord, Sarah, do you hear yourself? Oh, do calm down, Robert. I'm merely repeating what Madame Karpova is reported to have said. I suggest you put away your preconceptions for the evening and approach the experience with an open mind. He muttered something largely unintelligible by way of a reply, then once again came an inch out of his seat when another flash of lightning lit the carriage. It was quickly followed by a clash of thunder. "'Try to relax,' I said, steadfastly ignoring the frayed state of my own nerves. "'I'm sure this bit of weather will soon play itself out.' Half an hour later I was forced to eat these words— Not only had the bit of weather not dissipated by the time we reached our destination, it had developed into a full-fledged deluge made worse by erratically gusting winds. Successfully negotiating the last rugged stretch of muddy road leading up the cliff, Eddie reined up in front of what had become popularly known as the Second Cliff House. It had acquired this name some ten years earlier when Lieutenant Junius Foster added two large wings to the original structure, which heretofore had primarily consisted of a saloon and dining establishment. This ambitious remodeling provided hotel accommodations for moneyed guests who, after an overpriced dinner, chose to postpone their long trek back to the city until the following morning. From rumors I'd heard, these rooms were just as frequently occupied by politicians and gamblers or by gentlemen seeking a convenient trysting place to bring their paramours. I looked out the carriage window at the single-storied edifice perched high above the northwest tip of San Francisco. One of the reasons for the Cliff House's burgeoning popularity was the spectacular view it afforded of the entrance to the Golden Gate, at least on a clear day. Tonight, the churning black sea crashed against seal rocks as if determined to crush them into sand. And for once there was no sign of the sea lions, otters, and seals responsible for naming the famous rocks, even though they commonly cavorted upon the sandstone cliffs at night. Perhaps Robert is right, I thought, looking out at driving sheets of rain. Most sensible mammals would not venture out on a night like this. Descending from his perch at the front of the brougham, Eddie Cooper opened the carriage door and handed me an umbrella. I nodded gratefully, although I feared it would do little to protect us from the torrent, which at the moment was pouring almost horizontally down upon us from the west. "'Take the brougham around to the carriage sheds, Eddie,' I shouted, attempting to be heard above the howling wind. "'After you've wiped the horse down, go to the kitchen.' I've made arrangements for you to be given food and something hot to drink. Right-o, miss, Eddie replied, his youthful enthusiasm not in the least diminished by the storm. He looked furtively around, then pulled a heavy brown stocking from his coat pocket. By the way it jangled as he whacked the sock into his palm, 
I guessed he'd filled the toe with a goodly number of coins, making it into an effective, if somewhat primitive, kosh. If you or Mr. Campbell need me, miss, just call out. I wasn't sure whether to smile or frown at this improvised, if serious-looking weapon. I'm sure that won't prove necessary, Eddie, but it's good to know you've come prepared. With a conspiratorial wink, Eddie helped me out of the carriage, and I opened the umbrella. As Robert and I danced about, trying to avoid the larger mud puddles, the boy leapt back onto his seat at the front of the brougham and clicked the horse off in the direction of the carriage sheds. True to my fears, the umbrella was next to useless as Robert and I hurried up the wooden stairs to the Cliff House entrance. Before we reached the front door, it was flung open by a tall, rangy-looking man with a riotous black beard set off by vivid streaks of white.